another episode of All Over VoiceOver with Kiff VH. I'm your host, Kiff VH, and uh, this episode is uh, one we recorded live at the L.A. Comic-Con over Halloween weekend, and um, I've been doing this the past couple years, three years now, uh, that we've done the, the live panel, and uh, this one is really fantastic. Um, it's uh, it's about motion capture, and it focuses, or well, my guests are uh, Richard Dorton, who is a mocap veteran who uh, started a school called the Mocap Vaults. Um, and uh, Sherry and I, uh, my wife Sherry and I, took uh, a bunch of classes this summer at the Mocap Vaults, and it completely just set my mind on fire. It's a blast. So uh, you'll hear from Richard. Also uh, from Christina Edelmeyer. She is a uh, an animator and a uh, game developer, uh, and she works at Infinity Ward, who's famous, of course, for the Call of Duty games. And uh, finally, rounding out our panel is Michelle Lee, who is a stunt actor and uh, has done tons of video games and uh, and stunt work. And uh, they all share their insights in this exciting, uh, rapidly changing, and uh, vital um, world of motion capture. So if you're curious about it, this is a great place to start. Uh, Enjoy. Welcome, everybody, uh, to uh, thank you. Uh, yes. Uh, welcome to... Um, hey, one quick note, just because it's live and done at the panel using the mics. Um, uh, we went out in the house, we did group exercises, uh, and that stuff wasn't mic'd. So I've done my best to increase the volume of the Q&A and that kind of stuff. So it's a little dodgy, but the subject matter is compelling enough to keep you uh, keep you tuned in. So uh, there you go. Uh, all over voiceover live. Um, but uh, but we're we're here to discuss uh, motion capture. My name is uh, Kiff Vandenhubel. I'm an actor, uh, voice actor, um, a teacher, and do a variety of stuff. And uh, from uh, Richie Rich on Netflix to uh, I recently played Han Solo in Star Wars: Forces of Destiny. Uh, I played Comstock in Bioshock Infinite. Um, and uh, and I got to be a pirate at uh, on Pirates of the Caribbean at the ride, uh, which is <laughs> which is I'm still. Uh, in disbelief over it. Anyway, um, uh, but uh, today uh, I'm very excited to introduce uh, uh, a spectacular um, group of people uh, to discuss in particular uh, motion capture and uh, what, what it's all about. So let me begin by introducing uh, on the far, on my far left, uh, Christina Edelmeyer. Christina, put your hands together. <laughs> Christina, you work, um, you work at Infinity Ward, right? Correct. Yeah. Can, can you tell, like, what's your uh, official title and what are, just, just from a credentials standpoint, what, what's uh, your story? Yes, yeah, so I'm the motion capture lead at Infinity Ward, uh, where we work on Call of Duty. And uh, <laughs> previous to that, I was the motion capture lead at Neversoft, where I was in charge of basically all, and I currently am in charge of all technical work, involving motion capture from pre-production, shooting, and all the post-processing. Um, and sometimes that includes casting and other things like that. And so, yes, at Infinity Ward, I've been working on the Call of Duty franchise. At Neversoft, I worked on Call of Duty and Guitar Hero and Gun and the Tony Hawk games. Awesome, awesome. Yay, Christina, thank you so much for thank being you. here. Thank you, thanks for having me. Uh, next to Christina, uh, please welcome my dear new friend, Richard, my dear new friend. That's the weirdest <laughs> comedy, but it's, but it's kind of true. 
Uh, Richard Dorton, ladies and gentlemen. Richard. Thank you. I could butcher your credit, so you could tell us a little bit about yourself. What's what's your uh, what do you do? Um, I'm known as the mocap man. I've been doing motion capture for the last 18 years. I've been in a hundred video games, so I tell people, if you've played a video game, you've probably killed me. <laughs> that's, that's how I like to introduce myself. Uh, I've done four Star Wars games. Uh, I've played Master Chief. I am left for dead when you play the heroes and the zombies. Um, I recently am the left head of King Ghidorah and the new Godzilla movie coming out, which we motion captured. So that's like my, my, my latest and greatest. Um, but Ghostbusters, I've, I did Call of Duty 2 and 3. Um, oh my god. I mean, there's just so many. I, I, I think it's an honor just to be able to bring some of these characters to life. And, and it's a lot of responsibility. I was the first person to play Darth Vader in a video game. so. I've been doing this for a while, and I actually have a, a school now where I teach motion capture uh, acting and, and prepping for, for shoots so that uh, actors can go out and audition and, and know what they're, what they're getting into when they, when they go to a, a mocap studio. So, Awesome. Richard Dorton, ladies and gentlemen. Last but not least, Michelle Lee. Michelle, uh, man, we do. Well, I've been applauding both the top and bottom of the introductions. We'll sustain that pattern. Uh, Michelle, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, I, uh, I do all kinds of things, but I've been doing motion capture for about um, probably 12, 13 years, I'd say. And um, I'm an actress and I'm a stunt woman also. I'm a, marsh, I'm a martial artist, I'm a black belt. So all of these things kind of play into me being in motion capture. Um, I was Ada Wong in Resident Evil 4, um, and I've done a bunch of... <gasps> the Empire. The Empire was calling him. Um, yeah, I've done a variety of video games. I can't even start to list all of them. Um, but I, I just recently did an acting role in, in a small acting role in Venom, and so it's just like a... Oh, awesome. Uh, yeah, a variety of things. That's so great. Yeah. And that incredible fight scene in Altered Carbon. And altered carbon, oh, yeah. That's great. <laughs> Zero gravity fight and altered carbon. Whatever. <laughs> it's just whatever. <laughs> whatever. 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 No big no, deal. Whatever. Zero gravity fights are awesome. just that's something I have yeah. full time. Awesome. Michelle Lee, ladies and gentlemen. So, um, I guess uh, my 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 uh, my initial question for each of you is, you know, how did you? Uh, you know, how did you find yourself from being uh, someone who was interested in either this work or um, some participation in it and getting started in uh, doing this work? How did you guys get started? Why don't we start? Well, we'll start. I'll start over here, Christina, because I haven't heard you uh, talk uh, recently. So let's, uh, let's, let's start with you. Okay. So I went to school for film. Uh, and I always wanted to be in writing and directing for film. And so when I moved to Los Angeles, a friend of mine was doing motion capture who went to film school with me as well. Where did you, where did you go? Uh, University of Wisconsin in Oshkosh. Okay, awesome. Mm -hmm. Are you from Wisconsin yes, originally? I'm from Wisconsin. There's Wisconsin. Go Packers. Or someone. I thought Anybody I heard. tomorrow, they're going to lose. But, uh, <laughs> yes, they but they're going to try. And that's what we do in Wisconsin. We try. <laughs> um, yeah, so I went to school for a film back there. And one of my uh, other uh, film students that I went with, uh, he was already here doing motion capture. And we both, he knew that I was going to really like it. And we both really like like doing it because it's so similar to filming, mm. but 
a lot of times I think of it kind of like being on the second unit of a movie or of a TV show because you just get to make stuff. Like there isn't a lot of like, let's rehearse for two months, let's get all the lines right, let's do all this, let's do all that. It's just like, let's just go in here and do a couple different ways of fighting somebody, you know. Let's just go in here and do a couple ways. Like, if you got shot, let's play around and do some different deaths today. Like, you know, so it's really, it's a lot of fun because you get to work with actors and you get to create massive amounts of stuff, especially for video games. You get to make so many things because you have to populate a whole world. Sometimes you have to populate, like, a giant fight scene with lots of different people. And um, so for us, it's basically taking that film background, then being able to do all of the fun film stuff and then we had some uh, technical learning but it was all on the job learning and uh, we both just took to it and we just love it from the beginning that's so great that's yeah. so great and uh, like uh awesome i have fifty thousand questions we'll continue okay. it. but richard how did you get started in it i came out uh to la to be a stunt man where are you from originally washington dc oh no kidding so nice. i did a lot of theater i'm Oxford trained, a lot of Shakespeare, and then I started stunt coordinating for America, America's Most Wanted, all those uh, reenactments. <clears throat> so that's based in DC. How'd you transition, how'd you get into stunt coordination? Were you, like, with your theater background and stage combat and stuff theater like that? Theater background, stage combat, and then um, I, I worked on everything that I possibly could that came through DC. Mm. At, I was an extra, I started car coordinating for movies, like I worked on Enemy of the State, I was a stunt double in uh, Major League Two, the baseball movie, yeah. the Japanese guy. So if anything came through DC, I just wanted to work on it. And yeah. I, I ran a costume shop. I, I started out, I wanted to be a special effects makeup artist. So I tried to touch everything I possibly could. Yeah. And then I started stunt coordinating and then it kind of kept growing. And so I said, I have to go to LA. That's where, I, where the business is. I came out here. My first audition was a video game. I auditioned for Scooby-Doo and Night of a Hundred Frights. <laughs> so I played Shaggy and 80 villains in the video game. Uh, 80 villains yeah, in the game. So Hanna-Barbera opened the books, so I got to be the Alligator Man, the Witch, Frankenstein, Dra all of the characters from Scooby-Doo, and I got to be Shaggy. And they keyframed Scooby, so I had to do the, for my audition, I had to do the Shaggy walk, had to act like a gorilla, had to act like Frankenstein, had to run into a wall and fall down. I had to dance, um, and I, I had a, I had a dance background as well. I I was a competitive ballroom dancer. I did what? hip hop, jazz. How jazz. many lives are you drawing on? Uh, everything. Yeah. I mean, it, it was it, I was just sort of a jack of all trades. So, getting motion capture, I came in to do this first game, and from that variety of characters, the next game that I worked on was um, uh, Rogue Squadron Two, and it's mostly a flying game but when you get to the top level, you get to be Darth Vader. And they said, if this guy can do all these characters, he can be Darth Vader. So that's how I got <laughs> Darth Vader as my first wow. like, big you know, big character. I mean, Shaggy's no, no slouch either. Shaggy's but, no slouch, no, but, no. So, but then, then it just kind of ballooned from there. Uh, motion capture was being used on Titanic for stunts, and Michael Jackson had just done um, Blood on the dance floor, where oh, a bunch yeah. of skeletons were dancing. So, mm -hmm. so it was it was still in its sort of infancy stage. Then the video game world kind of jumped in, and I was just at the right place at the right time. Mm -hmm. And I had a motion capture studio that believed in me, and just said, 
this is our guy. So they just kept bringing me back. I didn't really have to audition so much that they just said, this guy can do swords, this guy can do guns, this guy can dance, this guy can do this. So yeah. They just kept bringing me in and they helped build my career. Uh, wow. This motion capture studio called House of Moves, which is still around. House of I mean, Moves, yeah. Mm -hmm. I give them, I give them 80% of my career, uh, you know, work that they they they, they just they use me all the time, and so it just kind of exploded from that. And I, I was just I was at the right place at the right time, and <laughs> and I had I had the skills, so it just kind of yeah, it, it, it was amazing, you know, to to be able to. I came to be a stuntman. I ended up a motion capture performer, and. Uh, I worked more in video games than I have on any movie, you know. Wow. So it's kind, of, it's kind of been, it's been great. Oh, it's so awesome. It's so awesome. Michelle, how'd you come into this? Uh, it sounds very similar. I, I, I was at the right place at the right time, and um, I went to college for um, programming, uh, coding, because I loved coding, and then I started working for a video game company, EA Games. Where are and you I from originally, or where did you get? I grew up in LA. You grew up here, okay. I had headshots when I was six. It's just what we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, every kid is an actor here in LA. But um, yeah, so I had the background, I had the acting background. I was a martial artist um, already, a black belt, and um, I was interested in coding and had worked for EA Games as an intern, kind of, just. Mm -hmm coding with them, because I loved video games. I, would, I was such a gamer back in the day. Um, and then I think all of those things just make it come together as a person that kind of understands like what the, what the game company needs. The motion, how many times they need it done, why they need your foot placed here versus here. And it's very specific, you know, because it messes up their data if you don't do it right. And so just, I think, coming from that background and yeah. understanding it helped me be very useful to a game company, which for me, it was Sony. Sony found me, they were like, oh, can you just wave this sword around? And you know, um, we're testing our motion capture thing and I was, our motion capture rig and I did it and they were like, great, can you act? <laughs> I was like, yes, <laughs> we're gonna use you. And Sony has still to this day been like 80% of my career. I work on very, very many Sony games. You just did Spider-Man, right? Spider-Man, Spider yeah. I started with God of War, like two, three, I don't know how many God we've of Wars. Done, we've done three we, together. Yeah, yeah, we did three together. <laughs> um, that's another story. Um, but uh, yeah, that's basically how I started. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, well, let me, just out of curiosity, uh, uh, well, how would you define, how would you say that motion capture uh, from your experience is different from from other styles of performance what what are some things in ways that it's different and then also i, I mean i i don't know it feels to me like there's there's when you're actually doing the nuts and bolts of it the similarities are are very much present like you're just connected to your scene partner and you're telling the truth and relying on your acting skill but what are, what are the what are the differences that someone who might have theater background sort of need to mitigate to make the job easier for you, easier for your, your partner that you're working with, just make the day move better. What would, you, what would you say some different things are? Yeah, I would say if you have a theater background, like if you've done a lot of theater, then motion capture is, is very similar in many ways to doing theater because you don't, a lot of times you don't have to worry about where your camera is. A lot of times it's more about like how can I, perform this entire scene as if I'm performing a play. Like, how can I just be this character and do the whole scene and not worry about one line at a time to reset lights and camera and all that stuff. So in a lot of ways, it is like live theater. 
Um, and it's al almost like theater in the round, depending yeah. on what kind of game you're working on, because sometimes you don't know where the player's going to be. Like in Call of Duty, a lot of times the player could be anywhere in this room, so we try to set up the scene so that the player will come and watch it, but technically they could be anywhere. Huh. So you kind of have to think about that. Like from a directing standpoint, you have to think about like how can I stage this? And then from an acting standpoint, you have to be thinking about it in a theater kind of way, like we're gonna get through this entire scene, my performance has to be genuine for the whole thing, there won't be a lot of starting and stopping and stuff like that. But then also to go with Michelle's point, there are some things that are very special for video games in particular. Hmm. That if you're trying to create um, animations for a certain character, Every time you see that character, they're walking around, maybe they stop at that door over there, maybe they wave to somebody. You have to do it in a very specific way, like sometimes you have to hit certain marks with your feet and certain poses and stuff like that, like repetitive. Um, basically, if you think about it from sort of an animation standpoint, yeah. a lot of times animators will say, I've created this character and these are two or three poses that I picture this character getting in. And then the actor will say, okay, I understand those poses. I will work with those poses. I will get into those poses physically for you to make it easier so that my performance comes in and out of that pose and then animation can always use that pose to blend into the next uh, thing. Like, like a... Like just to give myself an example, like yeah. like in like you're in a cut scene in God of War, mm -hmm. and Kratos is dealing with some you know some guy who's trying to sell him a potion, and and now he's got to go hit some runes with his axe, and, but that's the gameplay. So you need to land in where you're going to be in the gameplay or that physical position, right? Yeah. From the end of the cinematic mm -hmm. into where the game engine takes over. Is that correct? Yes. That's a good way. That's a good way of thinking about it. Yeah. All right, good. So good. these two probably have a lot of experience with uh, <laughs> with that stuff. I mean, it's it's there's two types of acting that's going on in video games. You have your in-game moves. So all the climbing, jumping, running, punching, shooting, opening doors, kicking, all of that is your in-game motions. Uh, and then you have your cinematic motions, which are like your movies and your cutscenes. So they do blend together, uh, but. Each one has its own, you know, set of rules when it comes to, to motion capture, basically, uh -huh. because we want to hit final idle poses so that it can blend into the next thing. But I also tell, my, you know, people, I don't. It's not me turning the doorknob. It's my character turning the doorknob. Hmm. So I, you can look at it as, oh, I have a shot list for a video game has thousands of moves that you have to do from running forward to backwards, left, right, 45, 45, and then you have to do it with a knife, and then a gun, and then a rifle, and then a shotgun, and then a chainsaw. So we're building a whole list of moves, thousands of moves that are for gameplay. And then you get to cinematics, and then it's more, it's more like making a movie. So you have two different, two different rules for two different things that are happening in the same environment, but the whole time we are acting in character. I mean, it, I think one of the best things that was ever coined out of what we do was from the movie Polar Express when Tom Hanks uh, decided, he was like, this is performance capture. Well, they stopped calling it mocap. They started calling it performance because we are performing. We are acting through everything that we do. And that, that really helped us as, as mocap actors kind of bring a little bit of legitimacy to what we do. You know, yeah. We rely on our imagination 
more than anything, uh, than any other kind of work, because we don't have costumes, we don't have props, we don't have set pieces. We work with apple boxes and pieces of tape on the floor. Mm, that's true, yeah. So we have to create this imaginary world and stay true to what the design is. I mean, for us, we've been doing it for so long, it used to be one person was captured at a time. I played five people in the same scene, mm -hmm. fighting myself, watching myself, watching <laughs> myself, watching myself <laughs> as somebody else. Now we can capture 20, 30 people in a scene, you know, on the stage where we finally get to work with actors, other people. That's where, you know, the technology grew and we were able to, to benefit from that. But when you're, you're in a room with nothing by yourself, you have only your imagination to help create this world. And, and if you're lucky, you get a great director who can guide you and say, no, this is what the scene looks like. This is what the building looks like. Remember this window, remember. I mean, it's a, yeah. lot, of, it's a lot of imagination work. And that's, I think, when you come from theater, mm -hmm. that's the, the, that was a, a great root, you know, grounding place for us. Yeah. Because now with virtual reality, motion capture and virtual reality have blended into a whole new world. But now where the, same like the player, the people visualizing, you're, you can look anywhere you want. So you are now a theater actor again. You're not breaking character. You're not waiting, cut, my mm -hmm. scene, right. your scene. You know, yeah. now it's, <laughs> people can look at you all the time. And that's where the, that's where our, our, um, performance. our performance really, really, really shows. So that's been, it's been, it's been incredible to see that growth in the technology. Wow. Right. Yeah, I feel like it's like precision driving, but uh, but precision acting. You can you can act however you want, but just make sure your hand never goes through the door, or make sure your your weapon comes yes. only from your back wall. You know, uh -huh. um, so those are just things that you need to remember in your acting. But then also it's freeing because you don't have to play for this camera or that camera. The camera can go under you and above you and be aerial, and that that um, alleviates so much of the time um, uh -huh. restriction. But um, but I feel like like he said, there's two types of acting. There's there's the in game, which is all the motion, and then there's the just free acting performance. And um, as technology gets better, I think we can meld the two and just be mm. like in a VR world, just watching someone open doors and go through things and have conversations, which would be really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's so wild. Yeah. The, uh, um, after doing like the 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 classes this summer. I took Richard's uh, class this summer with he my did wife. He's so great, by the way. Thank he's, you. He's, he's, he's an amazing, amazing performer. Awesome. Well, I mean, <laughs> so fun. thank you. That's not why I brought it up, but I'll take your, I'll take yeah. your praise. Thank you. Uh, thank you for the applause. Uh, uh, but but it, what, what was so satisfying about it and what sort of set me on fire for performance capture, again, and I'd done it Years ago at Midnight Club 3 Dub Edition, I was the Detroit boss in 2003 <laughs> for Rockstar Games. But it was, you know, my, it wasn't real time. There was no, so like, like it was all this, um, but, but the imagination that you guys are describing is so, so, I hadn't felt that in so long. And that surprised me as an improviser, like playing on stage in front of an audience, but still feeling like there is a, you know, there's no fourth wall, but like, you know what I mean? Like I really got that sense of seeing and feeling in a different way. Mm -hmm. And like one of the things that you just mentioned that, that, that struck me too is like, is there in the context of being in the volume, someone who, who handles your continuity or is that on you to stay on top of that? Meaning if you draw a sword from here and then later on 
two hours later after you've had a sandwich that you pull it from here. Is there, like, is your technical director, is there an animator who's going to notice that in the reference file? Is that something that's easy to fix in post? Like, how can you be a better team member if you keep, how much do you need to? I would say it's a collaborative effort. Yes. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. It's a collaborative effort, but it is something that definitely, when you work with someone who does a lot of motion capture, they can anticipate your needs and that's really helpful like from a technical standpoint because like a very good actor will ask like where does the sword need to come from you huh. know what exactly what exactly should i do every time i take it out or put it away or you know just asking questions like how long do i need to run away from this and what pose hmm. do i need to end in and do i need to be inside the volume doing a certain thing or can i just run right out and those are really good questions that experienced actors always ask us. And it's also something that obviously, we, it's like our job to make sure we're getting what we need, but a lot of times actors with experience uh, are already like on the same page with us or thinking ahead to those really precise awesome. things that, that we need to make it all work. It's amazing like how many weapons come from Yes. Chainsaw. So many weapons. All back there. We know where, it's, where it needs to come from, so that that just becomes mechanical for us. Yeah. And, and the, the best thing, though, that I love about uh, this kind of work is our shot list may have pull gun, you know, pull gun, aim, fire. Pull gun, you know, aim, lower. So there will be five, five spaces. Two of them will be filled, and three will be blank. And they'll go, now what do you want to do? And I'm like, oh, really? Oh. Now I get to choose? How about if I pull a gun from side and blow somebody's head off or whatever? You, know, uh -huh. you, you, you become part of the creative process. And, and, and that's the beauty of it mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. then all of a sudden we decide, oh, can I switch the sword to this hand now? And they go, yeah, I think so. So then we've now expanded the shot list for ourselves, but yeah. we, we're also creating new moves and, and new things. That, that, that's where the collaboration really comes in, that you're like, mm. uh, most video game characters are right-handed, right? You're mm. always pulling from the right side. I did 50 games before I told anybody I was left-handed. <laughs> I learned, I went home, God. and I learned to do oh everything right-handed. I just practiced. Like, have you ever thrown the ball with the opposite hand? Like throwing <laughs> grenades? You're Awful. Like, oh. <laughs> now I know how to throw a grenade with my right hand. <laughs> I just that was part of the that was part of the deal. You know, but now in video games, most of the game characters run around with their gun in their right hand, right? Uh -huh. And they get to fight with their left hand. So uh -huh. now I'm like, aha, now I can really <laughs> beat you up. You know, so it, it was Watching the technology grow gave us that option, and mm -hmm. and 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 to have those blank spaces to say, what do you want to do, yeah. really makes mm -hmm. makes us part of the collaboration. And you can actually say, yeah, that's my move. I created that. <laughs> yeah. That was something that I became part of, and that's that's the beauty of, of what we do. Like I, I can't believe this is a job. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely uh, something that's that's really cool because usually we'll come in with a shot list, and we know we need to get like. Say we need to get like five different deaths, but but like our animators might say, oh, we came up with like two or three ways of doing this, but we know that our stunt team will have like, oh, how about we try this or this or this or that, you know? So then, our ability to capture a lot of different things uh, really depends on 
the actors and stunt people uh, being able to do that imagination and improv, using really use those improv skills to say mm. like, yeah, I know what I know what they expect, and I know the two or three things that they fed me as like a way of doing it. Now let me think about a cool way of doing it that comes like from my my creativity and my experience. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting because I think, especially as a as an improv teacher for so long. And doing it for so long, the, the, the thought process behind, I need to take improv classes so I can learn how to, A, be funny or write funny or come up with jokes yes. because of improv comedy, because of whose line, that it's not about that at all. It is about yeah. living truthfully in a moment and being confident to make a strong, like, emotional or physical choice that feels that you don't haven't planned out before and, yeah. and 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 having that awareness and willingness to take that kind of a risk mm -hmm. you know and that's the real value to me of improv training for for any of this stuff it's not just if, unless you're a writer and you want to go write comedy it's a great place to spend your time there mm -hmm. you know? definitely oh yeah uh, that, that was uh, th that was that uh, <laughs> awesome um, hey uh, <laughs> thank you uh, <laughs> so um what, uh, what, are some, what are some of the unique challenges that you've encountered over the course of your career that, um, you know, we talk about the stuff that we love about, what's been, what's been not necessarily the, the downers thing, but what, what things have you, have you encountered uh, through this work and that you were able to uh, mitigate or work around or uh, like a river and a stone move around? What, what are some of the challenges that you've Crouch faced? runs. <laughs> Crouch oh. runs? Oh. Yeah, there there are many positions that the that, that the characters run in and walk in, and a good portion of them are crouched in a hidden posture, and doing that all day really takes it on your body. Oh, it burns yes. your quads out. It's <laughs> like being at the gym for eight hours straight. I'll volunteer and do one across here. Please so do, people please can do. Oh, See yes. how hard it is. Just yes. one though, only one. But that's so but it, like, but keep in mind this is one. So if I'm down with. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, that's pretty and good. And I'm holding it, so it's... Okay, too fast. Too fast. Yeah, now do it okay. again. Just slow it. <laughs> slow down. Slow down. Slow down. Slow down. Yeah, so you're creeping. You're creeping. Not too pounding. Like a stealthy. Stealth. 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 Okay. Yeah. There you go. Lower, 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 lower. There you go. There you're you go. Under the window. You're under the cover. Under the cover. There under you the go. Cover, yeah. Oh, wait, wait. Now do it backwards. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, sometimes they retreat. There you go. Stay low. Stay low. Stay low. low. Oh, he's creeping Slow down. Up. Wait, you just completely so broke the loop. Thank you. Very good. Very good. That was very nice. Thank you. But That's imagine cool. having to do that, like from here to to the to the middle of the aisle there, and then back, and then you have to do it with a gun, with a, gun, with a rifle, knife, with, with a, a rifle, empty with, hand. With, <laughs> I mean, and and you're constantly, you're physically, go, you're going forward, backwards on the 45s and left and right, and then you do it with every weapon. So you're you're, and and because it's so hard, a lot of game, the people that direct us, and this is, I will tie into that. Some of the some of the people when we first started were animation directors who were directing us, so they they really. They knew what the moves they want, but they didn't know how to talk to actors. They, they're, they're, it's tough. They're, they're, they're animators, and that's, they were used to working on animation and not having to deal with actors. And then to get them to talk to us, um, oh my god, we have to talk to somebody? Okay. <laughs> but they would, say, they would say, oh, we hear crouches are really hard, so let's get rid of them. Let's do them early in the shoot. 
And we would be like, you just blew my legs out for the, I, I, I have eight more hours to go. I can't yeah. walk now. So mm -hmm. we as, as performers had to teach them how to mm -hmm. talk to us and how to, you know, or we would schedule, just schedule it. Yes, like, let's do one set of crouches and let's go do something else. And then we'll come back and do another set of crouches because we would have, you know, our days are really, really long. And there's no going to your trailer and sitting and breaking. The minute we do it, we do something, they're like, okay, the next move, the next move. We're trying to knock out two to 300 moves a day when you're doing that's the in-game stuff. Case. And that's wow. it's brutal. I mean, it's really, really, really tough. Cinematics are different because you are treating, you, you get to rehearse your scene before, but we tend to do three takes and move on. So your first take has to be really, really good. Because then your second take, we make little adjustments. And then the third take is like, what else do you want to try if we've got it? So it's not like we do 15 takes of something because our schedule is so tight. And, and, and that's where the, your improv comes in. And that's where you, being a really good actor and being really, really fast and understanding. I mean, it, it's, it's really a, it's a challenge. And now that we're starting to get really good directors um, who come from film and TV world, and, and, and game world directing us now. That's why the cinematics are so good. That's mm. why The Last of Us is so good. That's why the Uncharted's are, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. God of War. That we're, we're, we're getting people now who understand this world and has opened it up to us. It's been, it's incredible to, to be directed by somebody who was just an animator and see them now understand the process and now they're a top game director. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's, it's pretty incredible, so. Awesome, awesome. Christina, what have been some of the challenges that you've faced? I the think the, the most fun, I, I, really I really enjoy working with actors, but coming from a film and directing background, I never really found that, that aspect of it as, uh, as challenging, just really a lot of fun. And I always enjoy being uh, in, the, in the scenario of, well, I know what this animator needs, and I know how to talk to this actor to get it, so I'll let me, like, I'll, I've always been like, able to bridge the gap and make it easier for both parties to communicate. But I think for me, the most sort of fun challenges that I've personally dealt with has been uh, trying to capture things that a lot of times people are like, well, you won't be able to capture that. Like, mm. how, like how, can you get all, how can you get this many people in? Or how can you capture this prop? Or what if they're wearing, like at my very first job, we worked with uh, David Fincher on a commercial that was with, um, it was a football commercial. So he was like, well, I want to grab someone's jersey. Well, you can't actually wear a jersey because when you're wearing the mocap suit, the reason why it's tight and has all those little balls on it is because that's going to drive the arm of the character and the back of the character. You can't have something loose. You can't pull on that because then the whole character will break. It's their skin. It's yeah. literally yeah. their skin and their bones and like yeah. everything will get like all messed up. <laughs> so we enjoy uh, coming up with ways, well, how can we capture it so it looks like he's grabbing the jersey and the person reacts in the way that his jersey's being grabbed but not actually do anything to mess with the suit or the markers or anything like that. Yeah. So, um, you know, in that case, we use like a stunt strap. Yep. You know, we actually use these a lot in motion capture. Like if you're doing um, a scene where you're like, you're on the battlefield and then your buddy gets shot. Just changing gears here, what, what resources would you guys recommend for people who are interested in pursuing this, this work in terms of like how to get better at it or how to learn more about it? How to, like, what what uh, what do you know of that you would recommend to send people to to do, uh, you know, like, I mean, for me, uh, one of them is is lose weight. So like, uh, and then not only from 
just doing that, it's physically taxing and exhausting. And like, I want to be able to be, you know, it's like for, for voiceover, you, you nurture and take care of your pipes. You make sure that you don't do karaoke anymore. There's just things that you do so that you provide that. I guess physically, that's something that you need to provide as well. Uh, what, what other resources would you guys recommend? The, the misconception that mocap acting is different than regular acting is uh, acting is acting, and that's the way we treat it. Mm -hmm. uh, you, there, is, there is no such thing as mocap acting. Mm -hmm. there are, but you do need certain skills. If you're, if you're a stunt person or if you, you, know, you want to get into the uh, in-game capture, that's one thing. A lot of skills. We use a lot of people who do parkour, you know, or um, the... Call of Duty is using a lot of military, ex-military people who understand clearing a room. I mean, that, that's, you're being true to, to, to the authentic move, which is great. Um, so if you're an actor, I always tell people, if you're a good actor, you'll probably end up in the suit someday because you're going to, you're going to get an audition for a video game and then that's your opportunity as a good actor. Skills, sp specific skills, being a martial artist, being somebody who knows how to do weapons, somebody who knows how to do swords, climbing, all of that kind of stuff is a special skill. Um, but acting is acting, you know, and mm. so it's where you train as, if you get good acting training, if you get good improv training, that's, that's where it comes. Um, I'll toot my own horn, my mm. company, the MoCap Vaults, where we teach, uh, we put you through, uh, you know, motion capture auditions and motion capture training, but my classes are core acting classes. Yeah. They're not, there's some technical things that you learn to do or not do. I mean, when I first started, you couldn't cross your arms in motion capture because you had these markers on and you were blocking the markers and then your arms would disappear in the data and then it would take a lot longer. So we learned how to make adjustments, get in there and get out of your crossed arms. But now you can't let the technology uh, interfere with your performance because it's the same thing, figuring out how to grab somebody. Um, there are a lot of actors who like to put their hands in their pockets, and mocap suits don't have pockets. So what they do is they take a little Velcro strap and they put it here so you can just put your hands in it, and then it looks like your hands are in your pockets. So we figure out those things that work for the actor without it, the technology getting in the way. We can't lean against the wall because we have back markers, so we build set pieces where that are cut like pieces of wood that the markers will fit through so the cameras behind you can see. But we don't, we don't ever let the technology interfere with the acting. So it's sort of, if you want to get into it, having great skills is perfect and, and specialized skills for in-game. Being a good actor, I think, will eventually get you um, in the suit at some point. Because, look, Avatar is shooting for the next five years, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Avatar 2 and 3 are being shot yeah. right now. There's a, a plan 4 and 5. Um, you know, every, there's, there's some kind of motion capture going on in film and TV. And always, yeah. Always, and VR. So there's, there's so much out there. I just worked on... Um, you know the void where you can be the Star Wars character in yeah. VR at Glendale Galleria? Mm -hmm. I just did one where you get to be a colonial marine and shoot aliens. And that's down in OC. So mm -hmm. that was motion capture for VR. So you're in this thing and you're chasing aliens. I mean, it, it's everywhere. And that's in VR. That's cool. Dubai just opened a giant Warner Brothers uh, VR park. And you get wow. to play 
I mean, you, you get all these VR experiences and it's all motion captured that the work that we've done, you know, so it's, it's kind of incredible. It's everywhere. Yeah. But being a good, being a good actor, I think you will eventually get in the suit because she's going to say, let's do a <laughs> casting, you know? Yeah. I mean, it is, it's, you do casting like, just like you do for television and film. Oh. We have a casting director that works in television and film and they just know that like what kind of what parts we're interested in, what kind of characters we need yeah. people to play, and then you know if somebody has some video game background or interest, the casting director will find that out, and usually those people get to the top of the list. Mm. But it is about being a good actor, yeah. and and or having special skills, just like with any other acting. Um, just to say that like if you wanted to do a lot of work uh, as an extra if you have extra skills like if you're a really good dancer or a martial artist or stuff like that it's basically like a specialty hire and that's what motion capture is too there are a lot of specialty things we might need for a dance game or like you know uh tony hawk if we needed people that could skateboard, skateboard you know right. stuff like that yeah. i mean it's just it's like if you're an actor and you have some special skills, the, then um, that's when the casting directors can find you for us. But it's it's very similar process with auditions and all that. But as you guys know, it's um, we ask you to do some specific things at auditions to see like how precise you can be with your motion and if you can do things kind of like repetitive motions and stuff like that. It's interesting how um, also with YouTube and with you know, as as performance yourself, how you create your own marketing material, or, or yeah. the mm -hmm. the guy who did uh, the motion capture for the in-game stuff for God of War, the new God of War four, Kratos, that guy, Eric Jacoby, uh, he went into his garage and he filmed himself punching and slamming, and he created his own like move set of Kratos moves, and then he sent it to Santa Monica Studios or something, and they found they found him on YouTube. He's like. This is how I think Kratos would fight, and he—that's how he got the job. Are you serious? To be Kratos, he did his own marketing, his own—he and you know he's creating his own uh, form of because he's a gamer, he's a huge fan, and he's like, I think Kratos would fight like this, and he—he kind of did his own thing, and Sony got a hold of it because of YouTube, and they called him in, and he got the job. So yeah, but I've also great. known Eric Jacobus yeah. for many years, and he is a talented martial yeah, artist. but he was like smart. top top level yeah. martial artist. Mm -hmm. Um, an actor, he's been in the industry for years, yeah. you know, and he, he knew what he was doing. He, uh, he put it together knowing what he was doing. But it, it's it, how it you was create pretty your, cool. It was pretty cool though that he did that. That's because, awesome. Because this, we work on games that we can't talk about for two years. Right. We go in and we sign an NDA, and you have no idea what we've just shot. And we're sitting here going, oh my God, if I could just so cool. if I could just <laughs> tell anybody. So cool. You know? And so we can't even promote ourselves. We can't say that I'm, I worked on Call of Duty 87, you know? Because right. we, we, it's, we're held back from that. And, and so it's really, um, we have to wait for the game release or a trailer to drop where we can finally say, yes, that was me. I finally, you know, and by that time, we're on to the next game that's two years ahead. Right. So it's, it's, yeah, to be able to say, I played Master Chief, I sat on that for such a long time. Like, oh, you have no idea all the stuff I did on that. I just wanted to tell people, yes, I finally got to play Master Chief. You know, <laughs> two years later, like, yeah, good for you. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Great, I'm only as good as my last game. Uh, so it, it's, it's, 
it, it's it's an interesting business. I mean, and like from the, you know from the voiceover world, you get yep. scripts that you're doing lines that you have no idea that that's the next Halo you're working on, or yeah. you know, because we're trying to save. You know, it, it, it's it's special. It's a lot of money. Um, Red Dead Redemption Two just yeah. dropped, right? I like to call that my grandson because I did Red Dead Revolver, the first one. <laughs> so I'm glad to see the family is still moving along. Yes, yeah, right. But um, that was in development for four years, oh, five man. years I think for it a was long four or five yeah. years. Yeah. And mm -hmm. somebody who worked on the game put it on their resume, and their resume ended up online, and. Somebody found it before they announced the game was released, and that caused a huge yeah, problem for that poor actor. Good. Yeah, who, you know, mm -hmm. but he he was so it was I think and I think it was his first motion capture job, so he was so excited. Yeah. But you were like, you cannot yeah. tell anybody what you're working on, you know, because yeah. it, it, it caused a big it caused a big problem. It it really helped me to reframe the thought process of like it's not my story to tell. It was great that I got to be a, be a small part of a thing, uh, but I got paid for it. They gave me money for my time. That wasn't my story at all. It was like my experience, and I can live with that, but, but I, I stepped on that, in that hole with Marvel Alliance 2. It was my very first video game job. I was crowd like additional voices, <laughs> and I was just excited about IMDB, and I put that credit up, and I got annihilated. You, know, you take that credit down. Like, oh, yes, yes, of course. And you call IMDb, and IMDb is like, good luck. No, yeah. never. We won't. And, and it's, it's really, really challenging. So it's, it's, uh, let, them tell, let them tell the story. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, so much better. It so, happened with Ghidorah, too, with really? Godzilla, because we've been, we shot that back in February, you know, and we weren't able to talk about it. And then somebody, because Jason Lyles, who's the center head, was George the gorilla in Rampage? He's six nine, so I mean, wow. he they were the Rampage was just there was so much press about it, and everybody it was doing really really well. Yeah, and I think his publicist said, you know, he can now announce that he's did another motion capture character, and somebody from Legendary didn't get the message that that this article was going to drop, so oh, they dropped the man. article. And then they were trying to retract it, and me and the other, me and the right head, we were like, la, 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 we're not saying anything. Because the article came out, and our names were in the article. Oh. And we were like, on one hand, you're like, yes, they finally announced it. And then you're like, oh shit, everybody hates, nobody's supposed to be talking about this. Then our names were deleted, and then people were flooding me with comments, and, 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 and I just oh, didn't answer. Man. I'm like, yeah. oh, please let it go away, please, you know. But it was already out there. And then I found there was an article in Italian already on the internet. And so they announced us. So then they came back and they legendary said, this exec was on the plane when we decided that this was going to happen. So he didn't know. And then he got off the plane and he sees all this stuff. And so oh, it, was, it was eventually figured out. But I'm like, I am never telling anybody what I do. I, <laughs> yeah, I, right. ever, I won't be the first one to tell you. But did I tell you? No. <laughs> I just love how you're like, so me in the right head. <laughs> totally normal in this business. Yeah, it, I mean, but the, the talking about how were we going to motion, or how were they going to create Ghidorah? How, you know, that was really, really interesting um, to have three of us. And when the first articles came out, they thought it was just our faces. Huh. We, were, we were doing all that. 
growling and snarling and stuff. So they thought we were just the faces and that three other actors were just the body. Mm. Because motion capture is a form of Frankensteining. It's gonna be my face, her body, your voice, you know, and then you doing the cinematics. So mm -hmm. it's been really, really interesting to find things, to be able to say, no, we did the face and we did the body. Um, mm -hmm. you know, like actually all, all of it all together. Once, yeah. And, and, and it, was, it, was a, it was a great process um, to finally be, you know. I, I look at motion capture as the same thing as doing stunts. We're the, we're the people behind the people behind the people. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. You know, voice actors get a lot of uh, credit because, I mean, who doesn't want, I do, who doesn't want James Earl Jones to be your Darth Vader voice, you know? Uh -huh. And I'm gonna be the body. But voice actors get a lot of the credit for the work that we do. And a lot of people still don't understand the process of motion capture yeah. and, and performance capture. And it's fine. It, pays my mortgage, you yeah. know, and, and keeps me busy, and, and, and I love what I do. I can't believe I get to play G.I. Joe one day, and Darth Vader the next day, and a zombie the next day. And right. Then, you know, it's it's really incredible. It's an incredible career that, that has come out of the medical industry, because that's where motion capture started, mm -hmm. was to measure people's walk and their gait, mm -hmm. and to help with, you know, arthritis and you know, all these so injuries bad. and stuff. So it's, it's really interesting that it came from a math point of view and science point of view, and, and entertainment has really taken, taken over. I'm wondering if uh, we've talked about, you know, how much fun it is, how interesting it is. I'm wondering if we can do, uh, do an exercise uh, with everyone in the room. Is that all right? Would you guys be all right with that? Yeah! Awesome, oh, thank no. you. <laughs> thank so, you, one person. So, uh, thank you. So this, this is the exercise. It was one of the things we did um, in, uh, in Monsters, uh, uh, and it was um, the, the ogre exercise where you have the point of focus change how you are. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, the, the big and the small? Yes. Okay. So if, if, if everybody... Just to, just for the purpose of, I'm sorry, I'm totally throwing you guys this thing. No, but like, no. So the idea is, everybody, uh, please stand uh, and and be a be an ogre for a second, just starting uh, cold. So what 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 you're and you can you can walk around the room, use the space. Uh, but uh, what how, would you say, Richard? How tall are ogres? How big are ogres? Eight to ten to fifteen feet, right? Huge. Ogres are huge characters, so we also have to figure out what. How much do they weigh? They weigh 300, 400, 500, pounds. 600 exactly pounds. Exactly <laughs> So it's the weight that you have to create and the height that you have to create. That's the <laughs> ogre dog. I know. <laughs> right. We can step down here if we want. You can see a little bit better. So be, a, be an ogre. <laughs> right. Be an ogre. World of Warcraft, right? How, how do, what do ogres sound like? <laughs> right, let me hear you. An <laughs> ogre's. We've just come from battle, right? <laughs> how do you sound?
we've just won the battle on the battlefield, right? Yeah. Let me hear you. sword day today and you're like thank god i have michelle there because she's amazing <laughs> with, with weapons but we, we get to create these incredible uh, uh fantastical creatures and characters for 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 you you know and you guys can see yeah, great job If anyone has, does anyone have any questions about uh, about any of the stuff that we've uh, discussed up here? Or uh, yes, yes. Uh, that's all right. Um, so you had mentioned the Frankenstein bits. You know, your voice and body and all the different pieces. Uh, on on average, what would you say is done solely by one person, like the voice and movement, um, and compared to usually it's done this way. 
uh, is it usually done by somebody doing all the movement and then a voice actor comes in later? Now with performance capture, uh, they want to, we want the, the voice connected to the body. Yeah. So for the cinematics, we're gonna, they're gonna try to capture one actor because we can record your voice, we can re record the movement, yeah, and now they have the, the, the headcams head where they wear a helmet and the camera is on a wire that's stuck in front of their face. It lights their face and they can only act, you know, like you can only act with another actor and be this close to them, but it captures their face in every single facial movement. So the majority of it now is... That's actually, um, <laughs> like he was saying, for cinematics, that's, that's what we do most of the time, but the majority of animation work is done the... Frankenstein way because most most of the time depending on the game especially with a game like Call of Duty where you're in first person and the player can sort of look anywhere and do anything we have to populate that world with thousands of animations and then we also have to bring in a voice actor to basically tell you what to do tell you like what's going on who am I and this kind of stuff so those two things for the most part we're kind of just going full speed on both of them, as much voice as we can get, as much animation as we can get. And then when someone's playing, the designer decides when to use it. Hmm. You know, they might say, okay, I'm gonna come in this room and then, okay, so I know I need these animations to all be here so I can see my allies going up against the wall. And then I know, okay, I wanna use the commander's voice. What lines do I have from the commander? I'm gonna take these three lines. So for a game like ours, the vast majority is the Frankenstein way. Like, there'll be some animation, it'll be some voice. But then um, if you're doing uh, any cutscenes, even in a game like ours, it will be all uh, performance capture. One actor doing the face, the voice, the body all together, shot like a film, uh, where we just like select, okay, this is a great take, three, four people acting together, even better, mm. awesome take. It all goes straight in the game exactly the way they performed it. It usually is all done kind of, it's usually created kind of all at once. So sometimes we'll have the voice before we shoot it on stage, and then sometimes it'll be a voice actor shooting to what we've done on stage already. I mean, when I did... Like, like ADR. Yeah, when I did Bioshock Infinite, they had already done all the motion capture, the animation was done, they had made a change of the voice uh, during process, so when I came in, the one piece I had to really ADR was Comstock's death and everything else was, but it was match the timing and match the movement of the animation. I was curious how they had done the voice prior to the actual. Yeah, we, we, a lot of times we'll do it both ways. It kind of just depends on the nature of the work and which part of the process we're able to get first. If we can get actors acting together and create that in, in the performance setting, with the facial cameras and everything like a film, that's ideal. But then um, the other two ways, either getting people acting on stage without audio and then ADRing to it, that uh, can often be the best way of doing it mm. because um, voice actors are so adept at ADRing mm -hmm. that if you show them a video and it's like these two people are, you know, these two people are arguing about a dog and then you say, oh no, these two people love each other, they can easily look <laughs> at it and be like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right, I'll yeah. do. I'll match the timing. I'll do the thing. You know, so um, that's usually a good way of uh, of Frankensteining it. In um, in, in uh, Uncharted, there's a sequence towards the end of Uncharted where uh, 
the the main character opens the sarcophagus and he gets he gets the the plague and he turns into the creature turns into one of the infected uh, people and the actor who was doing the voice of the main character he was amazing but when it came time to open the sarcophagus and turn into a monster he wasn't so good so they literally I was on set as guard number three and they know and I had done all, a lot of the in-game stuff for that game so they were like Richard monster time so we just switched places you know and he was like thank you for, for being able to contort and, 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 and change so it was it was one moment where you know I'm watching this incredible actor and this incredible voice and he's doing the scene and then it came to monster time and he was like it's not my thing I don't know how to do that so please be my monster and that that happened on set right away you know I did the transformation for him, and then I got shot in the head and had to go flying. <laughs> and there was no way he was going to do it. He was, I believe yeah. he was like 65, sure. and wow. he was, you know, he wasn't a stunt guy, so he was like, yes, be my monster and let me shoot you. So it was, it was, it was awesome. So it, that was like onset Frankensteining happening right in front of me. So. so a question here, and then I'll come to you right after this. Yes. Um, yeah, I was just wondering for someone that does, um, like, acting and stuff, how is the Well, he could probably tell you more about the voice. I mean, with with. They're separate. Yeah, yeah, they're they're separate paths. I mean, I'm I'm represented with a voiceover agent, and they submit me on auditions, and that's how I get that work. And two other casting directors. And then you guys have external casting directors. Yeah, so basically, we just have used the like a handful of casting directors over the years. I would say, do you have an agent? Okay. okay. So the management that sent you for the for the voiceover audition, try to find out what casting director that was and ask him to send you on more things because it's usually the same casting directors that do all of everything. Like so there'll be one casting director that does the voiceover casting for like 100 video games or it'll be the same casting director that 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 brings in people to do motion capture for video games or avatar or things like that. So I would say um, whoever you went to that, uh, whoever was the casting director for that voiceover audition, tell your management that you want to see them more. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. LA Casting is is here in town. This is where all the actors are registered at LA Casting. You can you can submit publicly, and you, your agents and managers submit through LA Casting. So you have to get on there. If you're not on there, then you're not going to see all the breakdowns right. that come out and things like that. And actors access, access to right? access, access to. Uh, I actually just did a casting for a video game trailer, and we needed three people, and I got over 700 submissions for three wow. roles. So we had to break. I mean, so that's that's your competition, you know, on something as serious. Mm -hmm. You're 300 people for one role, 200 for one, 200 for one, and then we cut it down to 70 and then the director cut it down to 35 you know so I mean that's the process but if you're if you don't know if you're not on LA casting you wouldn't know that my uh, my casting went out there right you know that's part of that's part of the, the process actors access things like that that's your acting homework that's I tell all my students you have a lot of homework to do and you have to be your own marketing person and you're you're your own brand 
Nobody else is going to do it for you. Your agents don't do it for you. Your managers don't do it for you. You have to do it for yourself and, and put yourself out there. If you, and like there's additional resources to find out who casting directors are. Like, like casting about is a, a database that's available through Actors Access that tells you, like I know for film and television anyway, like all the casting directors, all their offices, blah, 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 that kind of stuff. You have to do a mailing. Um, and if, yeah, at the end of the day, it's just hustling and pouring over IMDb and finding out who cast this game, who cast this game, and finding out if your team can get you access, and if they can't, how can I get access to them? And then, like, what what media? What do you send? Like, like Michelle, for example, like you've got a a, a movement reel, right? Mm -hmm. Or like a stunt reel. Like, yeah. What was the process of making that? And is that something that you use as like a like a headshot or like a demo reel type of a thing? Yeah, or? it's like a demo reel showcasing your you know your special skills and stuff. It's like an acting reel where. You're like, oh, look, I was in this TV show, and I cried, and look at what, what a great actress I am. Um, you know, emotion reel can be like that if you have any special skill sets like gymnastics or martial arts or whatever. And then um, also that kind of showcases what things you've worked on in the past. And that's kind of like a good calling card to mail out with your headshot and your sizes and stuff. Yeah. For us, also, there's, there's places that specialize. E3 that happens here at the convention center, the gaming convention. There's GDC, the Game Developers Conference that happens in San Francisco. I tell my students, if you want to get into, those are the people you meet, the gamers, the, the developers of those, that you, you, that's your target audience. Because you, meeting an animator is amazing because they just want to create movements and then they're like, oh wow, you're willing to mocap for me? You know, I mean, you're making a special relationship with somebody who's actually doing the technical side of it, and they're looking to test stuff and try their things. I, I just worked with an animator who is creating his own project. He's at Naughty Dog. He's working on Jeez. The Last of Us 2, but he has his own little side project that he took his little savings, and he's like, I have to motion capture this for myself. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and That's cool. Finding yeah. those that people cool. are the ones, yeah. you know, Kickstarter. It, it's it's yeah. all part of your homework. Of trying to find out where these yeah. things are being made and who makes them, and and once one little one little nugget could turn into something massive. Right. And it's definitely something to keep in mind. As with all acting, it's it's really in the timing. Like you could, you know, you could find this casting director and then you know see that they're the person who's been doing all this stuff, and this mm -hmm. happens that day that you contact them. They're sending out, yeah. oh, actually, I need mocap actors for this thing today, and it's just. That's why you just have to keep at it. I know it's. I know it can be very hard, but you just have to keep at it because it does happen. Yeah. I mean, it was the thing you guys said at the very beginning. It was I was at the right place right. at the right time. Everybody exactly. echoed yeah. that sort of that sentiment, and and it's. Uh, it could have been anybody. <laughs> yeah, but but it's true. The the more you pursue it, the more times you create that opportunity mm -hmm. for yourself to be in the right place at a given time, and that given time might be the time where you are most ready, or maybe. You know, if I if there was one thing I wish I, that I hadn't done when I first got to Los Angeles was I was so hungry to get in front of every casting director, but I wasn't ready. But I put myself there, and like some of these different right. workshops and Same. stuff, and it was just kind of like, oh, I'm gonna go meet so and so, Same. I'm gonna go meet so and so, and I got in the booth, and they're like, oh, calm down, slow down, do this and this, and I was like, oh man, I really wish I'd spent a little bit more time <laughs> studying before I put myself up on this in this space. Right. Uh, like when I started teaching voiceover at Second City, like one of the guys 
one of our one of our our agent assistants at at our talent agency was like, "Dude, you just tell those kids, go get good. We'll be here when they're ready." <laughs> and and it was it was this hilarious sort of like George so just said it simple. so yeah. like yeah, so it, but it was so true. <laughs> and it was like you cannot take back a bad experience listening to a reel. You can't, you know what I mean? So like work on your work on your craft. Work on your craft. Get good, and they'll they'll the the opportunities will be there when you're they're ready right. or when you're ready. As much as I beat myself up for coming out to L.A. when I was 41. I should have come when I was 21. Nah, I needed to knock around the Midwest for a while. I needed to make some mistakes. I needed to get good. Did you guys see him on the Rookie the other night? <laughs> what? Nathan oh, Fillion. Oh, he was so awesome. He was so awesome. That was great. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, right here. Um, hi. Uh, I'm sorry. There's a, you, mentioned game, uh, sorry, you mentioned Lord of the Rings, and they use Massive as one of their programs, and a lot of these programs are available, but there's no real database for um, 3D motion capture. Is there huh. anything that the studios have privately, or is there like a version of Getty Images that you guys would work with as actors where there's a large stored set of motions, even for polygon or wire flutter graphics? Mm. No, no, it's a good question. <laughs> every game that question. I've worked on, every game that I've worked on, we have, even though I may have done the same move and, you know, the same thing, every game company wants their own version of that move. You know, they want their own run cycle, their own punch cycle. Every, people have created libraries where you can drop in and libraries of animation into, but why would I want to use somebody else's move if I'm creating something else? You know, if, if, it's, if it's my game, I want to be in charge of what my game looks like and feels like. And um, I did two games back to back, one for Sony and one for Microsoft, and they basically were the exact same game. Mm -hmm. But for each one, I changed the way I moved. Like mm. in one game, I would go to cut their head off. In the other game, I would go, you know, because mm -hmm. I didn't want them to look the same. But there, there are libraries of moves out there. But when you're with a game company, they want to say, no, we captured all of this. So they'll do it. I've done so many run cycles and crouch cycles, I would mm -hmm. think just... Just take my Born Conspiracy crouch cycle. Really that, was good. Good, that was a good cycle. <laughs> that was a good cycle. That was a good cycle of movement. They all want to create their own. You uh, want to own your own content. Yeah. So libraries for motion capture right now are not, they're not a big thing. And I can tell you, like, I'm on the motion capture, uh, the performance capture committee for the Screen Actors Guild. And, like, I, I think it, there's, it, it's, it's a concern of, of ownership, of movement, who owns what and, and likeness and all those other kind of things. So I think there, whether there's a database of moves that is like a public, either public domain or like, like Shutterfly or that might be wrong, but like Getty Images, like you're saying, of like something where I can, I can pay X amount, like, like a flame effect for After Effects or filters, right. that kind of stuff, right? Like, or... Um, I, I think there are animation libraries of that, yeah. but not a motion capture, well. not... No big motion. Well, so uh, at least, sorry. That's all right, please. We've done for voice and many other ones a mimic for like Barack Obama or for other ones. Yeah. You guys have seen the Adobe audio. Yeah. They use a mimic, and that gives you a performance uh, like 20 or 30 times better than you can get in a even a normal person, person mimicking. So an actor doing mimics of motion, or I guess you study chimp motion, maybe, I don't know, when you were doing the ogre. Get much better performance. I don't think you guys are going out of business anytime. <laughs> That's good to hear.
because yeah. it's, yeah, it's yeah. And it's authentic, um, it's I'm direct. Just, I'm going to answer this real quick. Please. Um, also, like, I think just to go along with what they were saying, uh, usually people do want to create their own things for all video games. The only thing that I've heard about in terms of, like, and also you, what you're getting out of any sort of library you would be paying for, and it doesn't really look like what you would want. You want to create it yourself. Uh, I do think what they are trying to do for, I believe it's um, Facebook, is now starting to do like a very large VR project. So apparently they are going to be doing a massive amount of motion capture and creating a library for that. Oh man. Mm -hmm. So Both that in order to make all of their VR products have this huge library to draw from. But that's the only like sort of, I would say, legitimate library project that I've heard about. I'll go here, and then I'll come over here. Yes, right here. Another technical question. So um, when I was doing animation uh, back in college, we did a lot of um, mocap. Right? Mm -hmm. It was the cleanup part. You know? So mm -hmm. we had the people acting out and everything, and then they give it to the animators, and then we'd have to do the hand articulation. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Has that gotten any easier? <laughs> so. There are uh, there's there are a few different uh, schools of thought for like uh, cleaning up hand data. There are definitely a lot of uh, technical things that we've sort of experimented with. We have found up to this point there there are ways to capture the fingers with like what we have is we have an OptiTrack system, so it's a visual system. It's just like Vicon or motion analysis system. And depending on how you have it set up, you can get pretty good finger data captured. Cleaning up that finger data is to get good marker data, very easy. Then actually putting that onto the rig of the hands yeah. is the complicated part huh. because it's basically like, it's the same reason why when you look at a face that's been motion captured, it doesn't always look good because a right. face is so complicated and the yeah. hand is just as complicated yeah. as the face. Yeah. And uh, basically the hand is like a face and then the fingers are like a face because there's just so much movement that goes into it. So what we have found up to this point is you can capture some more detailed hand and finger stuff for reference, but having a good animator that knows exactly what they want to do with the hand and having good controls on the hand is really like is really the key. Mm -hmm. And also making sure that all of the motion capture is delivered in such a high quality way that the only thing they have to touch is how do I want to change the poses on the hand? That really helps. So if you're not spending all your time cleaning up other weird anomalies in the motion capture and just focusing on, now I want to add some stuff to the hands and now I want to maybe add some stuff to the face. That's, um, that's kind of the point that we're at right now. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. Because awesome. yeah. I mean, they would just animate and everything. And then it's like, I'm, I'm sorry, they would do the mocap. Mm -hmm. like, okay, guys, hands are yours. And it's like, oh, okay. <gasps> Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh man. <laughs> yes, right here. No problem. So I, I, I had never heard of this before, so this is a little new to me about the databases of moves. Mm -hmm. um, can you copyright or trademark move? Because I was just reading that yesterday, and it's probably a whole article that Jet Li turned down yeah. the Matrix because right. they wanted him to show up, I think, four months before the actors and just record doing moves all day long. And then they wanted to lock in the rights to these moves. Mm -hmm. And Jet Li turned down, these are my moves, he said. You're not gonna yeah. you're not put them in the ball mm -hmm. and use them for all your the next movies. So I think that's an interesting question because back then, I mean, now 
Um, which I think, personally, I think is a good thing. The acting union is much more involved yeah. in motion capture and performance capture. Back then, it was way uh, harder, I think, to understand what the technology was. And it was easier for actors to be taken advantage of. So that could have been something that was on the table. And, and he was smart enough to say, absolutely no. not. You mm -hmm. don't have a right to record me and use my stuff forever. Um, it definitely is something now that as, as actors and as the people that make the video games, we work on, uh, on contract by contract basis of we're agreeing, we're going to pay you to do these actions, we're going to use them in exactly this way, and this is all in your contract, and we're not allowed to violate that. We're not allowed to take them and use them for something else. Or sell them to somebody else. Yeah. You know, as if we have the right, like, uh, as if we have, like, completely all the legal rights to them. That's not the way it works. It's mm -hmm. like, it's an agreement. They are coming to do work for us that can be used in exactly this way and, that, and nothing beyond that. But that's definitely more of a thing that's come about over probably the last, like, six to eight years. Yeah. It's really started to get dialed yeah. in. Yeah. I think Vigo Mortensen for Lord of the Rings, he made a deal that. They would use his digital, when they needed to make a digital version of him for fighting or for crowd scenes or whatever, that when the movie was done, they destroyed all the digital files of him. Because he said, uh -huh. I do not want a digital me out there to yeah. be used anywhere else. And that was part of his contract that he, he yeah, had the Yeah, and that's the absolutely yeah. a good way of, of doing it. Say, Everybody doing the, the contract for and what they want. Delete what they all want. my files. Yeah. yeah. Well, video games are two years in the making, if not two, longer. Two, three years. We're on a three-year cycle right now. Wow. Um, so it takes three years, and it costs a lot more money <laughs> than, uh, than any millions. movie yeah. uh, ever. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> but I, I couldn't even tell you. because I mean, there also, in... Um, in the world of video games, there are so many, like there's a little independent video games that will do things, sometimes even pretty grand things on a very small, tiny budget with like five people. And then there's like Call of Duty with hundreds and hundreds of people work on different studios. Um, it's definitely like above my understanding of how much money it is, but it's, it's way, I would say it's probably like the amount of money you'd spend on like five or six movies. Like Jeez. blockbuster movies. Yeah. That would be my estimate. Yeah. Mm hmm. It's a lot. <laughs> well, what? Grand Theft Auto just hit like the $6 billion. Yeah. Uh, that's mm, for, how, for sales. For sales. Yeah. You know, that's, so it's yeah, something. Yes. not slowing down. Or, um, is that in the realm of SAG after for mocap performers as well? How does that? Yeah. Would you say that, because I know for voice, uh, um, but for the average uh, big game, uh, you know, the PS4s, the X, you know, those ones, would you say that the majority of them are all union, or in, are we seeing a trend towards non-union? It's all over the place. It is all over the place. Uh, some of the work is union work. Uh, any voice work is union work. Therefore, any performance capture is union work. So if you're doing voice and face and body together, that's all SAG-AFTRA. That's all SAG-AFTRA work. I know that we're that our time, our time is running up. I want to. I want to. Uh, if you have any other questions, you're welcome to grab us in the hallway. But yes, I just we'll I be, wanted you. We'll be available. Just just quickly, uh, what what advice do you guys have for people getting started in this work who are interested, and where would you send them? 
Um, the MoCap Vaults. <laughs> yeah. That's my company, the MoCap Vaults. GoMoCap.com. That's uh, where we set up our classes and, um, and, and uh, you know, that's, that's one place to start because nobody was teaching motion capture here. And yeah. that, that, for me, it's, it's, been, it's been a, I love teaching. I, I felt it was my time to give back and that's kind of why I'm doing it now. Um, I've had a great career. I've played incredible characters and I love teaching and right now, this is my way of giving back to the community that supported me and that, that have, have, has given me a career. Um, it, you can find, you, you have to do your homework. I tell people to study the trailers and study the cinematics on, on YouTube because somebody will beat the game the, the 24 hours after it's been released and somebody will post it on YouTube and you can watch a whole cinematic and see a whole incredible movie um, those are the things you have to study. There's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff now with movies that show performance capture. That's, that's the homework. That's where you're going to um, start to make connections. And, and you find out because now they're interviewing the casting directors. They're interviewing the yeah. developers and the designers. Those are the names that you have to find and reach out to. So Awesome. For me. Awesome. Christina, what advice do you have? Yeah, I definitely think like one of most of the things we've been talking about is just, you know, as, as an actor doing all the, getting on all those casting boards, looking at casting directors that have been doing video games, that have been doing voiceover stuff and those other actor connection uh, websites that you guys mentioned, to just, you know, make sure that if there's anybody out there that you can say, I'm an actor, this is my reel, I'm interested in doing video games, because sometimes there aren't that there there might be a case when there aren't that many people interested in, in doing video games. Sometimes people are just like, yeah, they don't want to. Yeah. And so if if a casting director knows that you're interested, that can be a good thing. Awesome. And on the technical side, if someone was interested in pursuing your trajectory, what would you recommend or what direction would you point them? Um, most of the people uh, coming into motion capture now, uh, you can major in uh, video game development and huh. animation. There are schools that have, a lot. there are a lot of schools that have their own motion capture uh, yeah. uh, systems and they actually teach motion capture. Awesome. USC, Noman, all these yeah. great little... Well, uh, most of the big crazy. animation yeah. and video game schools awesome. have some motion capture. Michelle, any advice for people who are interested in getting into this work? Um, I, I don't know if you guys probably have touched on it, but actually have something to show off. Have something, hmm. have a skill set. Whatever it is, um, if you're the best, I don't know, violin player or the best pencil twirler or whatever, um, show something off. Be, be useful and be original and be um, truthful and, and that'll get you work. Uh, that'll get you working. Awesome. Yeah. You guys, thank you so much for being here for this panel. And uh, thank you to all of our panelists. And uh, have a wonderful con for the rest of your time. Take care. So that was our conversation. And uh, I learned a ton. And we had a blast going out in the house and doing stuff with them. Uh, anyway, I, I hope that you come and join us uh, next year at another um, live event. And uh, more episodes coming soon. Thanks a bunch. Talk to you soon. Peace. This has been All Over VoiceOver with Kiff VH. For questions to be either answered on Twitter or on an upcoming cast, tweet to the show at AllOverVOKiff. Till next week, you get what you get and don't get upset.
claim victory and depart the field.